everybody, and welcome to the Beacon Broadcast for Season 3, Episode 6, Fall, where Yang gets arrested and Pura parties hard in a secret tunnel. And uh, with me today is Sherby. Yo! Sam. Hello. And Chrissy. Hi! Yay! Okay, we did so it. before... Yeah, we did it. So, but... <laughs> Wow. One minute in, already way off topic. <laughs> way off topic. Okay, well, that was your fault. You did the victory thing. So before I want to do thoughts on the episode, I wanted to talk about today in Miles' stream, uh, today that we're recording on, you know, Sunday when the episode comes out. Miles uh, said in his stream, the Ruby team finished the episode two hours before it was released for sponsors. Dang. So a huge shout out to the entire Ruby team, including Caesar Altagracia, but including the <laughs> render, the render cat, and everybody who worked on it. Thank you guys for putting it out. Shout out to Gray. Shout out to Gray. Shout out to everybody. Awesome. You guys like literally everyone working on the team, yeah. It was amazing. This episode knocked it out of the park. Like, it was amazing. All that hard work. A really very good mid season finale. Absolutely. I'm oh, excited why do you have to, to be going for January. so long? <laughs> because they because they literally finished it two hours before the episode. I, yeah, and I they need time to catch up. And honestly, this was a really good place to leave off. It leaves us with enough information to keep excited for that little mini hiatus. Not to mention, we're getting a World of Remnant and a live stream in the break. So yeah, it's not we got like they're plenty of not going to do any and content in between there. It's Rooster Teeth. Oh, yeah. They're always producing content. Mm-hmm. Although I'm become I'm becoming incredibly jealous of RTX Australia because you know they're gonna show a Ruby episode there, Aww. and it they can only go up from good. here. Oh, absolutely! But I'm jealous. Yeah, me too. <laughs> mm. They're gonna get something great. I'm really happy for them. But yeah, also, I wish I could go. But money and time. Absolutely. So, what are everybody else's thoughts? I enjoyed this episode a lot. This I love info dumps. Yeah. I love fight scenes. I got both of those. It was great. <laughs> this My episode is seriously what I signed up for when I started watching Ruby back when the trailers were out and that's all we had. This is the kind of storyline that I was expecting and waiting for. My entire thought is, last season at the dance, Pira pointed out how important it was that we stop putting her up on a pedestal. And what did we go and do? <laughs> uh-huh. She's going to fall and it's going to hurt. When well, she's also going to be like autumn. This, and, it won't be by your hand. I may Yeah, fall. and the whole, you know, theme song for last season. Things are not looking season. good for Pyrrha no. one-hit Nikos. Things are not looking good for a lot of things. <laughs> things are not looking good, period. Except for Cinder's team. Well, would you say that things are not looking good, period? No. No. She is going to uh, have an eponymous kind of victory. Yeah, for sure. You mean a Pyrrhic victory? Yes. Uh, eponymous, as it's in her name. <laughs> it's a Pyrrhic Nikos. <laughs> I don't even get your joke. Because her last name means victory. Yeah. Yeah, her name is literally Pyrrhic victory. victory. <laughs> yeah, Nikos is saying that we for a while that, that people have been pointing out that her name literally means Pyrrhic victory. So for a while now, they've been hinting that. Something bad's gonna go down with. This is gonna Pira. become her Achilles tendon. I mean, wait, what? Her heel? Yeah. No, I mean, because <laughs> we're gonna potentially give her a literal weak spot if this goes wrong. Ooh. I'm just so worried about her. Like, can we stop putting things into Jen Brown's characters, pieces of other people's souls? I said the same Please. thing to my I friend. I said the same thing, like, when I was watching the episode, and I see everybody making this comment, so I can't even take credit for it. Nobody can take credit for it, because we're all thinking it. Poor Jen Brown. Well, only non-RV, only RVB fans are thinking it. Well, I'm yeah, actually but, like, super still. excited by the idea that Pyrrha is the chosen one or something like that. Even but if she's, she's not... obviously uncomfortable with it, I think it would be a really cool, like, storytelling decision to not have the protagonist be the chosen one but still have her you be know, extremely but, powerful yes but you know she's gonna end up being the chosen one but calling her a chosen one like capital letter here is a bit problematic because normally this is passed on through the thoughts of the person at their death it's mm. 
she was actually not chosen. She was assigned to Ooh, this. And that's, that's a true. bit of a problem. And that's just another way that this can go wrong. You can't manipulate great powers that have existed potentially as long as time itself. Sure well, you can. Apparently if you are arrogant. Been manipulating it for years. So filled with hubris. And power. We know it has to go wrong because she isn't one of our four main characters, and that's what makes it scarier. She is a very good sacrificial lamb for this. Her, it's in her name. I feel like this episode was meant to make us be like we were. We need to dislike the main villains. Like that's that's kind of the villain's role, of course, for the most part. And I think a lot of people weren't really scared of the villains. No, not at all. Every week and I was really making a joke. Anything. Of, yeah, every week I would make a joke about how Cinderfall wasn't doing anything and how hilarious it was. Oh my god, <laughs> Cinderfall! I love Cinderfall. Really? We didn't. Know I only just about got her. that. Oh my god! Really? I'm gonna go curl up in a corner for a minute. Oh my god! No! 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 Cause it's. I got oh it before Daryl did. I got it before her. Oh my god! You you, you didn't. didn't get that? I wasn't the last no. person. I was oh not. Oh my god! Did you all hear it here. What the fuck? That's that's pretty cool. I I think of her as Cinders. I don't think of her as Cinder. What the fuck? <laughs> I wasn't it's laughing. gonna be okay. You're gonna get through this. Okay, no, but this actually not. bolsters uh, my theory that there are currently people named after season. Yeah. Weiss, Weiss's older sister, Winter, and um, Yang Summer and Rose. Ruby's mom, Summer. I was actually gonna try and tie that into my question and my line of discussion that I had going up today is that it could be that if we want to be, I don't think this is the case, but it could be that uh, storytelling-wise, it's like, oh, summer is the summer maiden and winter is the winter maiden. It could just be a bit of, like, in-universe, um, like how in our world, a, a, a real phenomenon in our world is that we'll name our kids Arthur or we'll name our kids Artemis, things like that. If the Four Maidens is a common fairy tale in the world of Remnant, then, yeah, it's totally normal that you're going to get a bunch I, of kids named Winter and Summer and Autumn and Fall and Spring. really cool, especially when you consider Winter's personality, the family she grew up in, and the fact that the Winter Maiden says it's okay to be, so, to be you know, alone, and you should use this time to meditate and improve yourself, and this family is all about appearances. Yeah. I still think... Well, see, I think that Summer might actually be the Fall Maiden. <laughs> I thought that would be hilarious. I hate that we're having situations now where we could say things like, what if Summer is Winter? What if, what if, but I think, what if I think, Winter is Autumn? <laughs> I actually think Winter would be a great Winter. Because she, I, I think so. And I think that it, it makes sense because if Winter dies... Who's she going to be thinking about? Oh, Weiss. stop it. Stop right there. Not a step further. <laughs> Let's take it a step in a different direction. What if Mama Schnee is the Winter Maiden? Ooh. And name the child, her firstborn child, who she expects to inherit her power. That's an mm. interesting approach. And but you know, we she... do have Winter built up as this more visible character. And there is the importance of the lack of visibility for these. The active attempt to make them less visible. But we haven't, we haven't even heard of a Mama Shni yet. Like, is she even around? Are the maidens supposed to be a secret? Mm. Where are mm. the Wouldn't other maidens? Them? I mean, Raven, as we know, is apparently in Yang's dream. Because I'm gonna, I just gotta say, Raven's sudden and mysterious disappearance, and powers that may not exactly be, you know understood easily by a semblance with the whole appearing in Yang's dreams. Yeah, yeah. Maybe she dropped off the face of the earth because she ended up being chosen and Osmond's like, no, we have to get you out of the public eye. Or else someone's gonna kill you and try and take your, your power. Summer passed Raven her powers. Uh, because Raven was gone before Summer had Ruby. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, but Summer, Summer was missing before, or rather, Raven was missing before Summer died or went missing. Mm-hmm, but I, I was Raven about going to missing up... is what led to Summer marrying Yang. I th- Mr. Yang. Tai-yang. I mean, Mr. Zhao. I cannot pronounce it. I am so sorry. <laughs> no worries. But or it um... could be another theory if we want to talk about Summer and Raven possibly being, you know, contenders for the maiden power. Uh, 
It could again be that Crow, you know how Crow is obviously uh, one of Ozpin's agents. So it could be that just Raven was a little more intense about it and she was hardcore into protecting Summer because she loved Summer as a teammate, as a friend or whatever, what have you. Uh, so she dedicated herself to that. And then when she, you know, when Summer passed, it could be that she was going to give it to Ruby, but Raven was right there when she died. So it went to Raven instead. Okay. I know. Because Ozpin <laughs> says it goes to a young maiden, right? Yeah. Yeah. We don't know how young that means. Does it mean like a well, minor? That's... The thing is, I think uh, that Ruby's parents probably were in their 20s. I still think that's young. Enough. Yeah, that's super young. I'm 25. That's that's pretty young. I'm that's 23. really young. I know people younger than you that have babies. Exactly. Exactly. So... But what I wanted to bring up while we were on the topic of Raven, did Crow seem bitter to anyone else? Oh, so bitter. But that seems to be a perpetual you state. You mean he, when he existed, that moment when he was bitter? But he seemed especially vile when talking about, like, how you inherit, like, the rules. And then even Glinda noticed, and she was like, okay, calm down. Yeah, that's enough out of you, Crow. I was just talking about his complaint about how the tournaments run, where he goes, sure, that wasn't the other way around. She says she got there with the help of her team. Because it's not a team tournament. <laughs> Honestly, with the whole situation, can you blame him for being better? Because not only do they not really understand how this works, and, I mean, if it's the last person that the woman is thinking of, that's that's kind of a really hard thing to know. And now here they are using tech to mess around with shit after Ironwood has already made some really bad decisions lately. Yeah, but no matter how bitter you are, you don't take it out on a 17-year-old kid. That's just my two cents. Well, he's yeah. drunk. He is definitely drunk. He's always drunk. Either. That's not an excuse, but it is a reason. I will give it that. Yeah, I like, mean, he's a very It's, it's not acceptable, but yeah. it's a thing. No, he's a very interesting I, character, and I like him a lot. But I hate him at the same time, because... Yeah. <laughs> like, I like to dislike him, yeah. unless he's around Ruby, and then suddenly he's... So the much dad better. They never had. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of sad, really. Um, I like winter better. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Winter, winter for life. Team winter. Oh, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Kick his ass. Kick his ass. Kick her Step ass. Step on him. <laughs> Teacher respect. Yeah. <laughs> None of us like. <laughs> no, I'm a crow fan. No, as much as winter. I mean, I'm, just, I'm just missing winter. Give me more crow. <sighs> Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. Where were we? Um, Me complaining about the tournament Crow for the was 10 bitter. time. Ironwood's doing tech. And, you know, we're, while we're talking about Crow and, you know, who he was hunting, how did Cinders find out about the Maidens in the first place? Well, Crow even told you, every fairy tale starts in truth. Cinder might have just believed a little bit more. Yeah, we had that wonderful monologue at the start of season one that helps reinforce the point that... Every Legends, fairy, you know? every legend and every fairy tale comes from something, even if people forget it. You have enough time, you have enough research, you're going to find that these things were once well known. You can't fully take something from the public memory. What inspires you to go after this kind of research? Like Power. Okay. So we, Until we know Cinder's background, we really, it's, we really can't make any act. Because all we know is that... She's, ooh, mysterious, but also apparently excessively power-hungry. Well, I, I was actually talking to Daft Prodigy, and she suggested that Cinders might be Ironwood's daughter or relative. Ugh. And that would be how Ugh. she noticed her in the fight, though. Illegitimate daughter? Ah, there we go. That's a bit better. Did, have we ever seen Ironwood actually pay attention to any of the fights? Yeah, he kind of hasn't been busy. But we don't know that. We have a lot of voids in what our knowledge is. Especially you mean since how we've he's only kind seen of, 10 teams fight in a 32 He's responsible for the security of this thing. He's got to be aware of it to some degree. I mean, if he is security for this thing, then he's also got to be aware that people might try to interfere or meddle with the matches using their semblances. It can't be the first time that someone has interfered with a match the way Merc did, so... I'm I'm really nervous because maybe that kind of semblance is rare and they're not gonna believe her. I think Ozpin's gonna believe her. Yeah, for sure. And I'm Ozpin's actually worried about Ozpin and Ironwood fighting over Yang, and that is that was a very deliberate move. 
That was super deliberate. I, I'm just actually curious about if Mercury was in on it. No. Sure. Why not? Yeah, why wouldn't he be? Super loyal. That's part oh, of what okay. is Loyalty part of the only job. extends so far. Well, that leads back into the gaps in our knowledge. We don't know exactly how loyal these guys are or why they're with Cinder or what Cinder's motivation are. And it doesn't necessarily have to be loyalty. It can also be fear. Ooh. True. It can be fear. Mercury, you're getting kneecapped. It could be break leg or break neck. Hmm. It's or immolation. Get injured in some way to create this negativity, and Cinder seems to be really intent on that. This creati- creation of a negative atmosphere, and it's not like she hasn't found other tools for this other than just Mercury. I mean, if we're going full wild with our theories right now, you know, again, I, I don't, I personally wouldn't like the idea of her being related to any of the main cast at all. Uh, especially not anybody's daughter or mother well, or sister. Well, I didn't sister. consider Ironwood a main cast. He seems more supporting to me. Well, that's true. But, I mean, uh, I would like it if it was just, you know, this is just me, um, if it was somehow completely, they're irrelevant to her plan, that this plan's been going on a lot longer than any of them have been alive. Like, there are some hints that Ozpin is super old. What if Cinder somehow is as just just as old and she's been trying to grab power and there's been this long game of chess between them maybe i don't know doesn't didn't was it dath who said that there was no mother earth but a father time Hmm. it could just easily be that mother earth was enraged that father time gave these gifts to her people and is trying to take them back it would also explain how an unprecedented event of someone stealing this unparalleled power occurred I have another theory, um, and I'm pretty sure everyone at this point has picked up on Ozpin is older than he is, um, but I don't think he is the man, but I think the man's powers also get passed down. Ooh. Well, I mean, he's, it could be like a, a title thing, like less of a pass down and more of a, like a host transference. <laughs> well, like, yeah, exactly like the Maidens. No, 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 not like the Maidens, not like the Maidens. The Maidens, it's the power changes. I mean that since Father Time is supposed to be eternal, does not change. When his host passes on, memories, personality, everything moves into a new host. Becoming a new life. But then he would say it was around since he was a boy. Ozpin could have been a child before he got in, afflicted, I guess, if he considers it a curse not, or inquired the power of time. Maybe the thing, I mean, following that theory that he has inherited some sort of power as well, maybe the power or gift he was given is that he's able to see who the potential maidens are. Eh? Also true. Oh, but then he would be able to see Cinder, so never mind. Well, no, no, no. If you can, well, no, because Cinder didn't naturally become a maiden. Yeah. She stole power. She didn't inherit it. Not to mention she only has part of the power. And this and the previous maiden is still alive, so all he would be able to see is the one in the basement. So just to go back for half a moment to the whole passing on of power with Ozpin, there is a old traditional metaphor for the changing of the years, the passage of time, that as the year progresses, the person who embodies time grows older, starting as an infant and winding up an old weary man at the end of the year before passing on it's still the same person it is still time itself that is passing but metaphorically it does change grow and repeat a cycle over the course of a year so that might work well with the whole passing on of power but still you know having this retention of knowledge or some sort of connection to the origin a bit more so you're saying ozpin is a phoenix Not, Not Ozpin himself, but more <laughs> of his abilities and inf- and knowledge. His mind is immortal. His body may not. Hmm. Like, uh, oh, what's a good example? Uh, the one I put in chat was uh, Ozpin was like clockwork from Danny Phantom. How he constantly cycles through time, but can see potential timelines. The way he described it in Danny Phantom was, most people see time like a parade, watching from the sidelines. I see it from above, all the twists and turns it might or might not take. See, the problem with that is that he would know way more. (laughs) Like We don't know how far that extends. It could just be a limited precognition type thing. Like he can see what might happen, but might not be able to like He's a person standing on the side of a fast flowing river. 
You throw something into the river and you can predict roughly where it may go, but you can't be fully certain of how the c currents are going to affect that one little piece of flotsam. Exactly. Nice. He doesn't know what will happen, he just knows what can happen. Yes. Like It's like you're staring at a, a puzzle and... You see all the pieces, you don't know how they yeah. fit together. You have all of the information, and you may have the idea of, this is what has previously happened, this is the course that time has taken in the past, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it'll behave the same way. As Cinder said a few weeks ago in the episode, just because you know the outcome doesn't make the actual course itself any less yeah. fun. <laughs> it doesn't mean you know the exact details of how it's going to play out. Which is why Oz might be taking such a passive backseat role. He knows what's going to happen. He doesn't know how it's going to happen. And that's what he needs. He doesn't want the what. He wants the how. And if he works too hard on what he does know as a certainty, it becomes a lot harder to create precautions for the things that might occur, the things that he can't predict. And that would actually get them into bigger ruin than, act, than you know, not acting at all. The passive kind of makes it a little bit easier to be a shepherd. So then does that explain his interest in Ruby? She has silver eyes. What is the significance that, of that? We don't know yet. Actually, here's a funny... Oh, my God. It was that it could be indicative of being a in the A vessel maiden. waiting to be filled? I, Blank slate? I was about to joke that she was waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Stop! <laughs> then again, the first time we see her in the ruby... In the red trailer, she's in a snowy field. Oh! <gasps> Ooh, Do you think that's foreshadowing? Summer was buried in wintry plains. <laughs> it would be really funny if each of the Ruby girls ended up with their opposite. Oh, that would actually be really cool. So Weiss ends up summoning like flaming knights instead of ice knights because yes. she ends up with Summer or something. Yes. Well, I'm looking at the uh, the fairy tale right here. I have it up. <laughs> flaming and, knights. And <laughs> uh, honestly. The elements we'd associate with each person isn't what's accurate. Like, Ruby would be more like spring, uh, revitalizing and bringing change. Because when she showed up, things started moving. Things started changing. She would act She's actually more closely affiliated with the spring maiden based on the events occurring. So you don't think that Ruby is already one of the maidens? If she is, I would suspect based on the story of the seasons itself, she would have been the spring maiden. That would be pretty cool. If you look at the images of the maidens themselves and what they look like, the summer maiden looks like Ruby and looks like Summer. So I think it's a safe bet to say that Summer was Summer, but I don't know that Ruby is Summer. <laughs> no, no. I'm sorry, just the, the maiden terminology is always going to make me giggle. It is. It is. It's ridiculous. What if winter is summer? It. What if ruby is summer? What if summer what if, is summer? <laughs> what if Neo is summer? What if oh Neo is... Let's not give Neo anything. No, please. She's scary. No, Neo's <laughs> great where she is. So there's definitely a question to be raised. So, please Neo, share. what the fuck is her deal? <laughs> well, that's, a, that's definitely getting straight to that's the point. That's a good way to put it. Some women just want to watch the world burn. Some women want to stab the world. Neo's one of those She's women. She's like a popsicle waiting to melt. She's got the thing for the stabbing. Except instead in her. of a stick, it's yeah, a that knife. That sounded super sexual. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> it did. I'm sorry. Also, I still maintain that she's going to be voiced by Tara Platt because Yuri Lowenthal and Tara Platt always appear as a pair. Ooh, that would be fun. I I did I did remember seeing Monty say that he had a very unique possibility of who's going to voice Neo. Uh, obviously it's me. Spoiler it's me. alert. You do sound like you would make a great No, 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 video. it has to be Daft. They're both 4'11". <laughs> oh my god. They're tiny. But yeah, Zestrin, you, you do sound like you would be a good Neo. But the point is, um, I imagine it's somebody with a big name. So obviously it has to be Troy Baker. Anybody can have a big name <laughs> if you have a big enough magic marker. No, 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 no. It has to be D. Bradley Baker. No, it's Nolan North. Come on. Obviously, Troy Baker. Obviously, Nolan North. We're so stupid. You know who, like, in all seriousness, though? Uh, maybe, I think, Tara Strong would be an excellent Neo. Oh, yes. Absolutely. I would, oh, yeah. I would probably love... I did not think I could love Neo anymore, but if Tara Strong voiced her... Like a, like a less nasally version of her Harley Quinn voice. Mm -hmm. Laura Bailey would also do a good job. Laura Bailey would. Here's a thought. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Yang is probably going to go sit in prison for a bit, right? 
Who else is in prison right now? The Roman. No, Roman? Would she really so, go to prison for that, though? I mean... Maybe at the tension cell. Dis- like, yeah, disqualified. Definitely disqualified. Sure. I, I think that because Ospin is going to vouch for her and they're going to investigate, they're not going to put her into prison, but they definitely have detention cells on, you know, J- Ironwood's ship. And so that's where Roman is, and he's in his little cubby hole. They could always put uh, Yang in one of those. Which leads to the question, why do they want Yang in particular? Because you know Cinders is controlling the matches. Why Yang? Because here's my theory for that, actually. I think that's what Cinder's doing is she's going to the tournament because that's where all the greatest fighters of the world are going to be congregating. And it looks for a maiden, so naturally a young female fighter is going to be there. She go- She's going after the most likely candidates, and right now, Yang is one of them because she made it to the singles round. Not just that, Yang's team has had a role multiple times in foiling some of the earlier stages of Cinder's plans. So it's not just her lashing out at Yang, it's her lashing out at the whole of Team Ruby in a lot of ways. And getting them out of the way so that they can't stop her when she goes after... Pira, you know, who is added to the list, the mysterious list, as a part of the mysterious plan. That list could just be a list of potential mating candidates. Yeah, that's what I think it is now that we know about the maidens. Or people who necessarily might have been, you know, more rooted for by the crowds, and so to see them go really, really bad would have a more devastating effect. Oh, you know, Coco had a huge crowd following. I bet Coco was also on the list. Oh no, my child. I mean, it makes sense. You saw fans dressed up. Like Coco. That would be hugely demoralizing. Like, I would say Coco and Pira probably had an equal number of fans because Pira's a well-known athlete mm-hmm. and Coco World had people like, with the hat. Have any of you guys seen an anime called Roka no Yusha, Brave of the Six Flowers? Heard of it. Okay, well, at the beginning of that anime, uh, there are, every few hundred years, six chosen warriors. And the way you notify yourself as one of the strongest is you win this tournament. So this guy went to the tournament, and he took out all of the best fighters. And he went to the goddess, the statue of the goddess, and he said, Recognize me as the strongest! And he got chosen. So it could be that that's what Cinder's trying to do, you know? Does that make any sense? she's She's not not in the the tournament. tournament. I... Oh, dang it! Okay, there goes that theory. Never mind. Just... <laughs> it was a good thought. It was a good the thought, reaction. though. Maybe she's getting emerald. Uh, but Mercury yeah, but the one that's went on to the singles. The, no, yeah. you know what? With yeah, but... Mercury injured, emerald might actually be switched in if he's actually seriously that's injured. That's what I thought. Wait, wait, wait. You know what else it could be? What? Who was the only person in Team Ruby to have actually interacted with Neo and would know the fighting style? Yang. Who is no longer going to be able to go to the tournament. So are they going to switch somebody in for Team Ruby, or are they going to disqualify Team Ruby and put in... Oh, but wait, sorry. What I was actually trying to get at is by is by taking out all of those strongest fighters, she makes none of them look appealing to Autumn. If the decision does go up in the air, uh, it would still go to the strongest person. And, and, you know, if it's by any chance related to who the world views as the strongest, then it's not going to be anyone who loses the tournament. Does that make sense? Yeah. Does she know Autumn's condition? She might realize she doesn't Probably. have full inheritance of the power. I'm sure she would know if she managed to finish the job. What if she's not looking at the fall maiden? She's looking for something else. Grab a portion of each? I think she intends to take a, a bit of each, yeah. Dip her fingers in all the pots. And what would be a gr- better way to draw them out? Draw out these powerful warriors who are supposed to protect and help people than by launching a grim attack on one of the most populous areas and most heavily peopled areas because of the tournament in the world right now. I mean, look at what happened when Merc- when the fans started going wild. They were so upset, and we cut to Grimm, stopping what they're doing and looking towards Beacon. We know they're attracted by negative energy, and part of what happened with the Yang hurting Mercury is that all of these negative emotions bubbled up. And we know she has at least one other potential tool in this arsenal of fighters. She's got Penny. Imagine the horror and fear that will arise if after Penny's fight, she seriously injures her opponent and is revealed to be a robot. Think of all of the fear that is going to be unleashed towards Ironwood's new robot-based army that is surrounding everyone completely that is supposed to be there to protect them. If the most advanced, sophisticated one just goes apeshit berserk, 
and goes nuts. That's not going to be good for his l lesser models. That's not going to be good for anybody. It's going to make everybody fear this idea of mechanized defense. And fear brings the grim. Everything about this is just... It thinks shit has hit the fan, but we can't smell it yet. Atlas is aperture science. We're starting to get whiffs of the shit. Is it just me, or does it feel like Penny was created to take on this role of being one of these maidens? She's the first prototype for taking on this power. She told us second season that she's been told that she has to save the world. She's going to. She's not going to save the world, and she just makes a lot more sense now because they kept on mentioning save the world, but like you know, literally save the world from what? We didn't even have a clue of what it might be, other than the shadowy, mysterious Cinder who so mysterious we don't know what she's why she's supposed to be so threatening it's a mystery uh the last episode just did so much to actually make everything else important which is why it's my favorite episode so clearly far. she is part of the example of his research his scientific research into auras and it's also kind of clear that some people are kind of disgusted i mean namely crow with what he is doing, and... Glinda as well. Glinda to some degree. Crow seems... They seem a bit Puritan, though. Like, everything should be naturally occurring. How did Penny get the aura? Ironwood said that they managed to grill the device to transfer aura. Who died? Who did now, he kill for that? We could have just been from a random grunt. <laughs> we don't know whose aura. We it don't know anything about what the process is. We don't know if it kills someone. We don't know if, if the tra aura transfer will kill anyone. They didn't say that it would kill the host. He said... That they could transfer it, but also Penny is generating her own aura. Like, they were t looking at what it was made out of. So yeah, she did say she's the only person who was able to make her own aura. New but aura. That's, that's not necessarily true. That could just be what she's been told. This is also true. Yeah, because remember, Penny's a little naive. Yeah, and she told us herself that Ironwood helped create her. Yeah. As far as she knows, they oh haven't my god! Lied to her. Oh no 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 no! I just got it. What she says, her father is not Ironwood, but her father created her. What if her father, the Geppetto of the story, because she's Pinocchio, yeah, had a child, a daughter who was dying? Holy shit! Well, isn't that they, the, uh, they, the first thing most people think of when they think of like creating a fake child? Like, I mean, if we're talking tropes, that's Usually what happens... Super tropey. Yeah. I mean, I thought that was so obvious, that's why no one's mentioning it. Oh, I saw it mentioned a couple places. Oh, yeah? I haven't quite thought of this till just now. Because I was I expecting you to go the direction of what if her father made her, what if her father gave her his soul? Well, yeah, we're going there now. Okay. I'm going to his daughter's soul. But I don't know if he would give her his soul because she knows him. She still talks yeah. to him. Mm -mm. Here's the thing about Ruby. It's an anime made by anime fans. So it's going to have a shit ton of super tropey things because that's what they know of anime. Miles and Carrie, they watched all these anime. And so far, anytime a trope is referred to, it is done to a T. Like, perfectly fits the trope. No leeway on it at all. Not to mention one of the animes that Monty gave them as homework was Gurren Lagann. Uh. Like... Like, how much more tropey can you get than the yeah. company that does Gurren Lagann? Like, Other anime by Gainax. Like, you know. Kill a Kill. Even, yeah. No, that, that was Trigger, not Gainax. Oh, really? Half of Gainax became Trigger. Oh, okay, whatever. But like Neon Genesis Evangelion, yes. Pantheon Stocking with Garter Belt. Yes, like all uh, those. A couple of other things. I definitely but think that they watch more anime now um, because they talk about it. You know, to start with, that's, you know, part of what the inspiration for Ruby is, is that it is kind of an homage to anime. To all the anime that they watched as a kid. Especially, I'm worried about the Full Metal Alchemist influences. Like, they literally have voice actors from Full Metal Alchemist. They Do have Funimation really, voice actors. Are we really not worried about the whole... They have Code Geass voice actors. Chimera thing. Well, it's not a Chimera yet. Well, Pira's not a Chimera yet. And also, let's bring up the fact that they mentioned the fairy tale, The Man with Two Souls. Let's mention the fact that I'm pretty sure the Grimm are somewhat made from people. Soylent Grimm is people! <laughs> well, the thing is, um, he came up with the idea of Grimm before he knew what Attack on Titan was. So he was like, oh my god, this is such a great original idea. And then Attack on Titan came out, and now if it happens, they're gonna be like, oh. <laughs> but Yeah. Um, that's That sucks when that happens. It's like... <laughs> 
uh, like, like a- I remember, like you know how people in the in the tags are like, this is my original character. Like what happened with Lyren? Someone created a Ruby OC that was almost exactly designed like Lyren, mm-hmm. similar weapon, everything, and they were like, fuck, we already made this guy. He's gonna think we stole it from him, and they had to go out of their way during their live stream and say, yeah, like we came up with this one character, and then but we looked at on Tumblr and stuff, and this guy created an almost exact replica of him without even knowing <laughs> yeah, who he was. Yeah, it totally happens all the time. Great minds think alike. <laughs> and I mean, without getting into any spoilers, uh, the the visual novel that we're, that a few friends of mine are working on, uh, we're a little uh, stressed out by the rate of the show because we want to try finishing it before Ruby goes any further because we don't want people to say, well, yeah, that happened because that happened in the show. It's like, no, we, we made it first. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's hard. It's create being a creative person and making creative things is really, really hard. And I, I give gigantic props to anybody who can do it. Does anybody want to talk about what actually happened to Yang? This whole illusion, where it may have come from, and what it might mean yes. for the rest of stuff. Because yes, I have two Please. theories. The first is the whole, the one that everyone's thinking the illusion happened. Yang saw what happened, didn't actually happen. Here's what makes more sense in my head because of the visuals we saw. So Yang punched Mercury and knocked him across the arena, right? Mm -hmm. We saw her knock him across. We know that had to have happened in reality because everyone else saw that. But then we saw Mercury get up, leap at Yang, and Yang break his leg. It's entirely possible that instead of an illusion, Yang saw that, that time was cut out. It was skipped over. There was cause and effect, but the cause was removed. And all you saw was the effect, which was Yang breaking the leg. Which I mentioned this in the uh, the spoiler chat, and then some guy shot me down as a because I made a JoJo joke. A JoJo joke, as we call them. Zawarudo. No, no, no. Not the world. King Crimson. Ooh. Different JoJo villain. <laughs> I need to watch uh, that show. <laughs> so you really in did. in JoJo, so I'm just gonna. And this is in part five. I'll I'll have a hell conversation about that later. But the main villain's power. All the villains in JoJo have time powers. That's their shtick. King Crimson's is he can skip ten seconds of time. Like a better way to describe it is you're playing a game and you get a lag spike. Stuff still happens. You don't know what happened. But you see the result of what happened. So we saw what happened. We saw the occurrence of time. But everyone else has missing time. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but in when he attacks her, he's jumping across the stage, and when we see what we see in the video is him standing there, and she shoots him. Yeah, and she walks past him even. Well, I actually have another comment. Uh, so Autumn Gravity on Tumblr wrote uh, that Sun Wukong could see through illusion in the myth Journey to the West. What if she ends up getting Sun to vouch for her because he can see it? I would love that so much. That would be fun. That would be really cool and interesting. It would be a much better take on the uh, on his abilities than simply just copying the Shadow Clones and uh, not Shadow Clones, the, the cloning comp- ability and the uh, staff. Well, what I thought the Shadow Clones were for was to see weaknesses. Like he noticed that Blake was a Faunus when no one else did. Like not even Velvet noticed. And... And like, well, we don't know that Velvet didn't notice. It could be that she it could be that Velvet saw Blake was in the closet. I don't know how else to put it, but she saw Blake was in the closet, so she was cool about it and didn't say, "Hey, Blake's a funnest too," because you don't well, out somebody true. who's in the closet, you know. I think the clones are more of a parallel for Blake because Blake also has the cloning thing. Yeah, Sun's obviously well, not obviously, but I think that Sun is like meant to be a foil to Blake in you know the sense that his clones can move forward and. Hers have to stay in place. Which she pointed out. I think that Sun is going to be able to vouch for her. Somebody is going to vouch for her on top of Ospin because, and then they have to clear her name somehow. That would be a difficult thing to do with the video evidence they have. Yes, but with Ospin also having a semblance that is based on illusion, probably, because he is the Wizard of Oz after all. It would make sense for him to believe her story, especially because he believes in Team Ruby and will vouch for them, and it has been seen before. Is him vouching for them, is Sun vouching for them even worth anything? When you have this massive, visceral reaction, not only in the audience, but around the world. Two people, one of whom who is dating one of her friends, you know, I wouldn't believe that if that happened. I would not believe him. Yeah, we all saw the video evidence of Yang just doing that for no reason. 
But, I mean, it could be that Ozpin has enough clout that to protect her, but, I mean, to actually protect her from going to jail or anything, but the social repercussions are still going to be felt for a long time. Especially since this is something about unity. Having one person going off and saying, no, she's innocent, we're done, probably wouldn't help the situation. Exactly. And on, which is why I think Team Ruby is going to go on mission clear yang's name we're gonna go investigate we're gonna go do stuff it's gonna be awesome and we're gonna accidentally foil cinder's plan again Banzai! <laughs> but Banzai! <laughs> Banzai! And the, interesting, the interesting <laughs> thing there is the question of is this an illusion that happened in her vision was it something that she saw and nobody else could see because cameras can't record that was it something that happened in her head what kind it's of illusion the was it? The origin yeah. of the illusion or delusion is kind of an interesting thing because you could pair it back to something Neo did in season two, which was stand there, you know, posing in front of Torchwick and Yang comes up to punch and the whole thing shatters. It seems like everybody else saw that. But here it was only Yang. And so maybe that was in her head as opposed to the previous illusion, which had some kind of physical manifestation. And then makes me wonder about Coco. Did she see Yatsuhashi actually because there was a physical illusion or was it something in her head, which is why they didn't have to worry about the cameras? Maybe it's something, I mean, these are the two theories I've seen, uh, that it's either Emerald or Neo who has an illusion semblance. What if Emerald and Neo both have something similar? And Mercury. Well, I think Mercury's semblance would be speed related to his name though, right? But Mercury is a trickster god. That's that's also very And if you true. have two people you're going to work with who work with illusions and deception, why not make a whole team out of it? But he also does a lot of tricks and fooling and deception and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, making people think he one thing is another thing. He's a trickster archetype. What if Emerald's semblance isn't illusory like Neo's is, but perception-based? Because she's a pickpocket, a thief. Wouldn't it be a really good semblance for a thief to have the ability to fuck a person's time perception. Okay, so I've got some really interesting crack here. Go nuts. Hit us. So, all of the characters... <laughs> <laughs> That's some good crack! So, we know that characters are based on traditional fairy type, uh, fairy tale stories or books or mythology, but it's always based on a person. Yet, we have this overarching theme with Ozpin and a few other characters that is very Wizard of Oz. And so, I have to come back to this only occurrence of the idea of emeralds in the Wizard of Oz, which is the Emerald City. In the original story of the Wizard of Oz, the Emerald City is not actually green. There is, it's actually described as being no more green than any other city ever was. And the whole secret to it is that as you came in, you were given these green-tinted glasses supposedly to protect you from the brilliance of it. Now, later stories, later books, later revisitings of the myth actually have some bases of green in it, but it's this whole willful self-deception element that makes me think of what's happened here, what Yang experienced, and a little bit of Emerald. I mean, yeah, she's a thief, and she's probably actually based on Aladdin, but this whole Yang sees this thing. She doesn't want to be attacking this person just randomly. Part of this could be if it's a deception, if it's a sensory-based thing, and she's been messed with with her senses, her mind also doesn't want to process the idea that she actually did this, which she did. We have proof that she did this. And so this whole idea of these green-tinted glasses of people willfully deceiving themselves of what's going on around them just makes me think of what happened in the fact that Emerald is literally the first on the sea, other than the mechs. So you think Emerald's semblance would be something like making you see what you want to see to explain what just happened? Yeah, some kind of self-delusion, some kind of altering your own perceptions. And I mean, like, Sun and Blake have similar semblances while still being super distinct. It's not too far-fetched to imagine that Mercury or Neo or Emerald also have something similar going on and different methods of deception, because they're all the bad guys. The bad guys are all about deceiving things, and a thief would totally benefit from people not choosing or not being able to process her taking things. Honestly, Mm -hmm. that makes the most sense to me. I feel like that's something I've, you know, been running over is, you know, Cinder touches Torchwick's face, her eyes glow, he suddenly agrees with her. Like That could be her magic. Mm, I I definitely think there's something. It could be he was scared shitless. (laughs) There's that too. It could be. But also, the fall power is to warm someone's heart maybe 
We don't know how much what the story says relates to the actual powers. And we don't know, because it's noted that these powers aren't semblance and they aren't dust. They're something else. They're magic. Which gives a really interesting potential. It's like, oh, we could go back over the entire series and look at all of the things Cinder has done and say, okay, what of this is dust? What of this is semblance? And what of this is else? Magic. Man, I, I remember watching the episode and they were like, it's magic. And I had just woken up. I didn't have my coffee I literally woke up, got dressed, and watched Ruby. And you can see me, like, slowly start to wrap my mind around it. And I was just, it's too early. It's same. too early. Honestly, literally same. My friend actually woke me up. I got a text message that morning shouting at me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Did you see the news, Ruby? And I'm like, I'm still asleep. So I got out of bed and I watched it. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, 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 um, I work on Saturdays, so I just got up, watched it, immediately went to work. But in my reaction video, I was just like bundled up in blankets and just like bleary eyed and and adorable as all get out. <laughs> was it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but like, I, I was slowly reacting to everything. I had to like rewatch parts of it. Um, I was on time for work, but I cut it close. <laughs> I was like, what? I have to, t- I have to get that again. It was so good. I loved it. I love this episode. I love everything. (laughs) So everything I wanted from this show. (laughs) It's really a strong contender for my favorite episode. It is. It really is. Um, I think it might be my favorite. My husband could not stop pausing to turn to me and be like, "Oh my god, what if this means this?" And it was really awesome and intense. (laughs) (laughs) Husband. Oh man, I I just, it was a great episode, and shout out again to everybody who made this episode possible, who brought it to us, and gave us this thing that we are no doubt going to be talking everybody about until the next like episode working and beyond. around the clock, and who will be working around the clock, some of you on your holidays. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You guys are the best. I'm totally not going to arrange more Starbucks runs or anything. And, and, and whoever did the, li- uh, you know, the people in charge of the lighting for the walking down that long hallway after the elevator, mm. spot on. That was beautifully done. It felt very intimidating. It was great. Whoever was in charge of animating Pyrrha's face. Now we're just calling out the animation. Whoever did Pyrrha's <laughs> Seriously, face. Like- like, you could just feel the body language has improved in leaps and bounds. Where before they were having trouble with some of those finer details. This whole episode, you knew exactly what Pyrrha was feeling without her saying a word. Well, they get to play off each other now. It's not just one person at a time in the, or two people at a time in the animation thing. It's actually they can have people together on the set yeah. interacting with each other. And that does help make the body language more intense. Yeah, they, they have a group shot that they did of the end of RVB this year, and they had something like six people in that setup. Yeah, they apparently got a bigger space. Again? Uh, no, 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 uh, no, it was oh, in okay. some kind of feature thing that they got some bigger space that allowed them to actually do that. Uh, feature yeah, over yeah, the yeah. animation of RVB of how they actually got to start playing off of each other and acting. Yeah, and they, th- they have enough room for the mocappers now, like in the mocap mm-hmm. panel, uh, which you can actually watch on roosterteeth.com. Uh, it's up there, and you can watch Miles directing the mocappers, throwing each other and like doing all this crazy stuff so they have enough space for that actually is the coolest thing about rooster teeth and ruby and red versus blue which i'm trying to get into i'm honestly still on season one but the most exciting thing bar none the thing that really got me into ruby and therefore all of this other stuff was the potential for growth you can feel it like it's a palpable thing Mm -hmm. when you watch it you're just excited and you want to see where it goes i and where they go as a company absolutely i I cried at at uh, RTX 2014 when they announced that they were making a Ruby game because I remember for years I wanted Rooster Teeth to make a video game for anything like Red versus Blue. Just I wanted them to make a game. <laughs> that would be like a text a adventure. I... Game already exists. Shut up! Shut up! It text doesn't count. Made by Rooster Teeth. It doesn't count. count. It doesn't count. It doesn't count. Red versus so... Blue text adventure. So I. Yeah, you got your wish in the book. I oh, oh yeah that was you got so your text great. adventure that was so great Simmons call anyways we're not t- we're not the, the red temptress versus blue show. this is not the red versus blue show 
Not yet. So... <laughs> we do deal with red, though. There's a lot of There's red. There's a lot of red. That's the whole team. There's not so much blue, though. Yes, there is. Juniper's a blue. That's the color of juniper. It's blue. What I'm yeah, saying is... <laughs> what I'm saying is words. Rooster Teeth has grown immensely in the six or seven years that I have been in the community. And I feel like the interaction with fans as well, no matter how big they've been getting, they have kept that up. And it's been absolutely fantastic. And just the improvement between animation, even in Ruby itself, which is three years old, is fantastic. The stark difference between volume one and volume three. Absolutely. Startling differences. Like, it went from a granola bar and a couple of pennies worth of budget to like a fistful of granola and some nickels yes <laughs> thank you for we've still that got for a me. long way to go to that full bag of granola and a dollar and a dollar i bet you look at a whole box of granola bars one and some day loose change one day see the thing about rooster teeth in the community is again ruby was my introduction to rooster teeth and everything about them so i had no idea that they were that involved with the community at all <laughs> so it was a real shock to see them to know that they were reading our things and actually seeing what we said. I mean, shout I'd, out to Miles. I probably would have been nicer about phrasing some of my opinions had I known they were actually going to be reading some of them. Yeah, I shout out to Miles especially because there is not a single week that goes by with either Groovy or RVB. Well, I guess more so for RVB now. I didn't see him do it quite this year. But especially for RVB, I see Miles going through and liking posts. And I see him doing it because everybody reacts to it. <laughs> everybody like screen caps it like, oh my god, Miles liked my post. And they always tag you. And they... They tag me? I've seen a lot of people because of the whole you're actually Miles. Oh my god, that does happen. But yeah. <laughs> like 90% of the time I see a post about, oh my god, Miles like my thing, you're tagged or involved in some way. I am. I am. I guess. Now that you point it out. <laughs> By through no fault of your own, other than a joke that won't die. It, I, I, I almost don't mind it because Miles and Carrie are people that I respect a lot for one reason. Content creators usually avoid their community to a degree. Um, and, you know, Tumblr has a bit of a reputation of being very emotional and reactive. And they just, they just eat the, that shit up. Angry Miles and salty. and Carrie... They're here for yeah, that. They're I was here for the good a and the bad. Way to say persistent and, they want and dogged. All and... of it. And I've seen them read all of it. And they, they take it to heart. Like, they took... Uh, volume 2 had a lot of critique um, for various reasons that we're not going to go into. And they absolutely improved it in Volume 3. Everything about Volume 3 has been perfect. As far as I'm concerned. Maybe not perfect, but... Wait, but what you felt was the weaker area they improved. Absolutely. And, you know, all people who actually go out and interact with their community, they always have my ultimate respect. That's why. After going to RTX this year, I finally get it, you know? I, I thought everyone was kind of... You know, I'm going to be real honest. I thought everyone was no, kind of No, it's real. <laughs> but when I actually got to RTX and I felt that, like, sense of community firsthand, I immediately just changed my tune, I, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's very and good. I and I, I get it now, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, I, I randomly went up to Mika Burden, and I just started conversation, and the next thing I know, I'm just screaming at her for no apparent reason. Mika is amazing, but RTX And then Ariel, 20... and then Andy. Yeah. I scream at a lot of people. You did. <laughs> I actually didn't know it was you at the time, because we didn't know Well, now other. you'll know. But now, but now I'll, I'll uh, scream. At, I'll personally scream at you when I see you at RTX. Yeah, but 2014 RTX, I came out of a rough time, and it was my first time going to RTX. And 2015 was very much the same way, where you enter RTX on the first day, and you see a Caboose cosplayer. Caboose and Joffrey, shout out to them, by the way. And you're just home. You see Ruby, and you see Weiss, and you see these cosplayers, and these people in these shirts with quotes that you have memorized. And X-Ray X and Bav. You see Achievement Hunter stuff, and you're just, it's home. I wish I could be at RTX all the time, almost. It would be bad. <laughs> I imagine the costumes <laughs> would start to, you know... Get a little smelly, a little yeah. yeah. I'd imagine you'd lose all your money buying more merchandise. Oh, yeah, that's kind I, of... My laundry needs to be done. There's no machines. I gotta buy new clothes. <laughs> I'll end up like an RT staffer with so many t-shirts. You'll end up like Gavin, who never buys clothes. But, yeah, it's just the RT community is home. And absolutely respect to everybody who worked on this episode on every single way. Not just 
for the fans. I mean, a shout out for from us for the fans is one great thing, but this year they have gone above and beyond to keep on a tradition of amazing content, even if we don't always enjoy it. And they keep going on despite their loss and for everything just to keep on working on the dream of this one amazing man who originally brought us the concept and they deserve a shout out for that too for how hard they work for that i was talking to my buddy uh jake about this was i guess two years ago when i first introduced him to it and he i started him with red versus blue because that's how i got into it mm -hmm. and he was like this is fucking amazing holy shit like each season keeps getting better and better and i said yes the best way to describe a Rooster Teeth production is each season will always be better because they know what they did wrong, they know what they did right, and both are going to be better the next time. Mm -hmm. And that's what it is. Everything we loved about Ruby was improved. They're willing to learn. They're willing to listen. Yeah, they're willing to learn, exactly. If they see something is received negatively, they'll change it so that it's better. Unless it's supposed to be negative like the villain thing. But yeah, like, yeah. Or like we're all supposed, supposed to be <laughs> bad. The villain. If, oh, they responded <laughs> negatively to the villains? I guess next... They get more confused when we respond apologize. positively to the villains. Yeah, I mean, I, can, <laughs> well, I can't count how many times the, when a character is introduced, as good, bad, anything, the first thing I see in the Ruby Tech for like 10 minutes is step on me. <laughs> <laughs> It, like, when Winter came out, Winter was introduced in the show, like, every other post was, step on me with your heels, Winter. So, Sam, Winter, we do have a bit of a part I of the band that we don't I need did. to talk about. I certainly have no. never, ever made a post See. asking for any fictional character to step on me, and I resent the implication. Ditto. I, I will admit <laughs> that I wrote the words, Winter... I want Winter to step on me, but I didn't post it publicly, so I get a pass. <laughs> That's no, also because I know you at this point. <laughs> I've learned your trend. If there was a female character of with a dominant personality and they wear white, you are instantly in love. Me? Yeah, that yeah. that's totally true. Or seven niner. She wears silver. She wears white and silver and blue. It it's counts. silver trim. <laughs> it's white with silver trim. Okay, how about Doctor Gray? Yep, that you got her there. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> and with winter. That's fair. I but rest about, my case. But what about Tex? Tex is in all black. So she's like the opposite. So you have to so? play black or white, I guess. You okay, could polarizing say... colors. <laughs> How's that? Which means Pyrrha needs to be in there because she controls magnets. Oh. Magneto, master of magnets. Oh man, but my favorite Ruby character is Penny. Gonna be honest. <laughs> So. Imagine that. Yeah, but you don't want her to step on you, do you? No, I don't. I just no. want to hug her. She's gently not. She's and not wearing white clothes. Blankets. It's a very pure yeah. love. Blankets and like pillows make like a little fort. Fort Penny. Maybe a nice defragmentation. Yeah. I am very excited for the Penny Pura fight because let's be honest, that's the fight. You think because so? that is straight I've been up. Predicting that fight. That is straight up Magneto versus Wolverine. Penny was a robot. There is no yeah. reason they would have pointed out that Penny is capable of being affected by magnets if they were going to have a person whose power is polarity, magnetism, fight her. And yet... You mean she can't control poles? <laughs> I mean, if the pole is metallic, yes, maybe. I'm still so surprised nobody has drawn pure strip, uh, pole dancing. You're entirely wrong. I'm wrong. You're in the wrong... You're in the good part Muriel. of the time, then. Because I have seen uh -oh. too much Nereal. of that. Nereal. Nereal, you and me, we can go be in this corner together. Okay, Rule 34. Okay. Rule so, 34. Rule 34. So Chrissy. Myguitarriffs.com. Someone actually made a stripper AU oh, last God. I checked. Chrissy, oh, we're already you are. A stripper AU now? <laughs> RVB only got stripper AU like a season or two ago. Yeah, that was the uh, violent medics. <laughs> she also yes. made the mermaid AU. That was pretty great. Um, Isn't that the one that you fell to your hands and oh, knees yeah. and opened Yeah, when you're caught up, I'm going to link you to the Mermaid AU because it's great. But we're also at a minute and ten almost, so I think we got to wrap up. Hour and ten. You know what I mean. Exactly, because I corrected you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 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 so thank you for listening to the Beacon Broadcast. We hope to see you next week. Remember that you can always email us with feedback at broadcast-beacon at gmail.com. And where can we find all you guys? Oh, you can find me on Tumblr. I'm Zextrin at, uh, I'm sorry, Zextrin.tumblr.com. And Sam. You can find me at jetblacknova.tumblr.com. And Cherubi. You can find me at cheruby.tumblr, whatever, the Tumblr. 
layout. <laughs> just look below. It's in the link. It's in the description. The yeah, we, we, we're going to put the links in. So, yeah. I hope you guys have a lovely, lovely week. And we and will pray see for you. us that nobody dies. Pyrrhus, live. In the next episode. What if Neo is also a gun? <laughs> Holy motherfuck, it's an ice cream truck. <laughs> Holy motherfuck, it's, it's an, an ice, ice cream, cream truck. truck. Oh, motherfuck, it's an ice cream truck. So, give me ice Neo. cream, bitch. Give me ice cream, bitch. Uh, no, 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 no. It's, uh, it's Keith Michael Richardson. It's Gavin Free. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Just what picture if? Neo has like this super deep bassy voice. Roman, I'ma bust you out. <laughs> <laughs> she just talks. Her attitude and co- how she talks is completely contradicting to everything about her. Actually, like it's deep black guy voice and Spock speaks in like very clean dialogue. I'm almost out of ginger ale. How can I have my whiskey? Well, drink it straight. <laughs> None so, of this is going in the yeah, episode. Yeah, but this is good whiskey. None of this is so, going in the episode. None of, none this, of is this is in the episode. episode. Sam, cut this out when you get it. Or put it in the bloopers, whatever. So, <laughs> put that in. Put a hat on that hat. Put a hat on top of that hat. Put a smaller hat on it. What did you call me?